Good evening, ghouls and fiends, and welcome once again to the Ministry of Horror. I'm your host, Tez, and uh, ooh, what do we think of the new little video? Uh, I don't know if I'm just going to do that as a one-off, as it's a bit of a Stranger Things episode, or if we uh, if we want to keep heading into the Upside Down. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got a few people in the chat. Hey, uh, Jalla Ray, Big T, hey, uh, hey, Baby Ice, let's head to the Upside Down. Excellent. That is what we want to do this evening. Of course, that new intro video at the start is uh, it's Stranger Things. We're doing Stranger Things discussions. We are. I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> thank you very much, Jell Ray. Uh, Jell Ray saying Tez out outdoes himself with the opening credits. I know. I'm quite pleased with that. Actually, I, I, I put I put a semblance of effort in today. Um, <laughs> not saying I don't, but you know. Um, it's been a it's been a crazy crazy little few days here at uh, at Chateau de Tez. If anyone watched my Twitch stream yesterday um, on my own channel twitch.tv forward slash Tezius T E W Z I U S, I very infrequently stream on there. But in the days before Ministry of Horror, uh, I would do like Friday night um, horror uh, watch alongs like double bills through Prime. It depends really on what horror films Prime has. It fluctuates. Uh, but I haven't really touched the that channel for a little while. Went on to it uh, yesterday. Big time drama. Big time drama in the background. If you watched, you'd have probably heard a number of times where I had to take my headphones off because it sounded like it was kicking off outside my flat. Nothing to do with uh, with me, um, which, is, uh, which is nice. <laughs> I like to not be involved in it. But there was uh, screaming. There was... Doors being banged, let me in, being screamed. Um, I think it was the block next to me because I'm in a flat, I'm on a ground floor flat. Uh, someone screaming, I'm not effing letting you in, you effing C. Uh, so it was an eventful little stream because I was just like, can't, I can't really see what's going on because my curtains are closed. I kind of want to be a little bit nosy, but at the same point, I don't want to then draw any attention to me for what whatever's going on. Whatever is, uh, is going on. Uh, hey, Unexplained Possibilities, that is Mel um yeah thanks for dropping in to say hi um but yeah we, we, we got and then the police came by this morning <laughs> i'm on annual leave this week i'm doing a little bits of overtime here and there but um yeah i got a knock on the door from the police just asking me what did i hear did i hear anything last night what was it not an official statement but oh drama um anyway we're not here to talk about drama we're here to talk about horror uh this is our first uh, ministry of horror stream directly to youtube previously we have uh, multi-streamed youtube twitch facebook live twitter but following on from the uh, the recent shows um on ministry of slam which has been a huge success going directly onto youtube i thought well, let's follow suit let's follow suit why not um Damn, you guys really go crazy for the Queen's birthday. <laughs> I mean, I'm just literally taking the annual leave because uh, we've got a couple of bank holidays this week. Normally, you'll just get one every so often. God, I can feel sneeze coming. Elephant, 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 elephant. Holy shit, that does work. I've seen it. I've, I've, there's a podcast uh, channel I watch. Um, don't tell, don't tell Lawrence that I watch other wrestling podcasts, um, called Cultaholic. And one of the guys on there, when he's been about to sneeze before, he just starts saying elephant. It does work. I've just found, um, yeah, we've got a couple of bank holidays this week. So I thought, well, let's, let's, let's book three days annual leave and then get a whole week off work. Um, I don't really care about the whole 
birthday stuff uh, personally. But it's a big thing in the UK, uh, Big T. Yes, it's a big thing in the UK. So, horror news. We've got, we got to get started with horror news. We've got a few reviews coming up as well before we get to our featured presentation. That being Stranger Things. Uh, I'll check it out in um, so you guys know as well if you're watching um, if you're watching live and you're in the chat. We're going to be going into Stranger Things, all of it, but we're not going to be doing any spoilers on season four. Um, I've seen all of it. I, I just, I, it's, Stranger Things is the one show that I will just binge. It's one of those shows where I'm just like, I've got to see what happens next. Um, but I appreciate it's only been out a few days. Um, I. I know the frustration of wanting to watch something, not having been able to get to it, you know, time limitations, whatever, and it already gets ruined, you know, with like YouTube pop-ups, you know, social media. So I appreciate in the chat, if you have seen all the Stranger Things season four, part one, I should say, uh, please refrain from putting any spoilers uh, in the chat for those who haven't seen it. But let's start with some horror news. So this comes from as all of my horror news does, bloodydisgusting.com. Um, I'm going to go to Bloody Disgusting because they do generally have a lot of really good uh, good news articles and latest kind of headlines. And also, the, my first sort of directorial debut of a film called Devil in the Woods, they did a press release on it, which I was very, very surprised about because it's, it's an incredibly low-budget English um, horror, cult sort of horror. Not, not cult, like cult favourite, but it's got a cult in it. Spoilers. Um, and they, they did a little press release thing on it, which is very cool. Uh, but this is in regards to the Phantasm film series. Phantasm 1999. Don Coscarelli details the wild post-apocalyptic sequel we never saw. Um, so... Da, 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 da. This is an entry from Phantom Limbs, which I'm, I'm going to assume is a podcast. Apologies, I'm not familiar. Um... Just have a quick look at the chat. Uh, King of Hueco Mundo Man, I bought me a delicious sandwich with avocado and spices. King, don't tell uh, the franchise, um, Francis Reyes on the MOS, the regular, one of our regular listeners and callers. Um, he does not like avocado. I've got no problem with that. To be honest, avocado and spices sounds pretty damn good. So enjoy that sandwich, my friend. Um, Back to the news. So the, from uh, this is an entry from Phantom Limbs, travelling back to the 20th century for an exploration of Phantasm 1999. Uh, Roger Avery's unproduced screenplay, which was going to be the fourth instalment in the long-running sci-fi horror franchise, intended for Phantasm series creator Don Coscarelli to direct, 1999 boasted an epic post-apocalyptic story which could have acted as either a franchise capper or a reboot which might have led to further sequels. Now, do we have any fans of the Phantasm film series uh, currently listening? Whether you're listening now live um, in, in the YouTube chat or you're listening to this on podcast, because this will go out in podcast feeds uh, later tonight or tomorrow. I enjoy the Phantasm series. Um, I say that with a tentativeness because it's one of those series where I definitely think after the third one, it, it then kind of dropped off in relevancy. Um, where... You, you, your film leads to some form of confrontation with the big bad there's generally a form of resolution and then the sequel will will be a continuation but it almost kind of hits the reset button on what kind of happened before it's almost retreading the same sort of ground 
that that being said like i do thoroughly enjoy um phantasm one was great and i thoroughly enjoyed the second and the third one uh, lord of the dead the third one's called uh but yeah the fourth one i i i thought was kind of boring personally and i i haven't seen um revenger or ravager which i don't think um don coscarelli directed um but uh, Mr. Crescarelli, who discusses the product's, project's origins with Avery Script, um, the story that it would have told ultimately went unmade, and uh, what future this particular story may yet hold. So Coscarelli says, Let me give you a little background about my long-time friendship with him. Um, talking about uh, Roger Avery. Um, I was making a movie called Survival Quest in the late 1980s. I hired an apprentice intern that became my assistant editor on the film, a guy named Scott Magel. Scott was a part of this little film um, pack down in the South Bay of LA. In that group were a dozen of his young film buddies. They were always watching movies together, making movies together, critiquing each other's movies. Uh, it was a cool little thing, and we ended up hiring a bunch of them to work on our film in entry-level jobs. I always like to work with young people on my films, aspiring filmmakers. I like the enthusiasm which these guys all had. What you really want to see in the, in the filmmaking business. Um, I mean, they've never really been... Uh, Don Cosgrave, I don't think, in the Phantasm Fits uh, series, has ever really been dealing with big, big budgets. Um, but you want to see people raising, uh, you know, raising other people up. Um, I've been involved in the UK, uh, low-budget filmmaking uh filmmaking scene generally on the whole you will just meet people who are there they want to take part they want to learn they have their own aspirations and it's all kind of working together and raising people up occasionally you will meet the odd person who has a really unwarranted ego um <laughs> i guess with those people you just want to let themselves build build up the noose that's eventually they're going to use on themselves very weird, uh, <laughs> a very weird thing to go down. Um, but uh, -da 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 -da. part of that group, Coscarelli continues, um, who had moved on a little bit and didn't want to work on other people's movies were Roger and Quentin Tarantino. But Roger used to hang out in our editing room all the time because back in those days we had a desktop computer and those were kind of rare. Uh, so he and his friend Scott, my assistant editor, they were constantly on they were constantly on weekends and at nights writing screenplays in the office there so i got to know roger and i think when he was 19 years old and uh, he was just a really smart bright young guy and same friends with him throughout the years okay let's let's skip through some of this uh da -da 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 -da. so they have, have they got any details about this uh this script in this article uh it doesn't actually okay here we go here we go um, and I've been thinking about it ever since. I want to write the epic kick-ass sequel to Phantasm, uh, is what... Um... Oh, let's jump back a bit. Uh, so Roger said to um, Don Coscarelli, um, you know, when I was working in the editing room on those scripts with Scott, uh, you once told us a germ of an idea about Reggie in a wasteland that would be a good Phantasm sequel. And I've been thinking about it ever since. I want to write the epic kick-ass sequel to Phantasm. And I honestly, being a little bit more mature, tried to dissuade him, says uh, Coscarelli. There's no business model for this, Roger. We just made Phantasm 3 and Universal shoveled it out to direct a video. So to come back with the original cast in this multi-million dollar thing... Um, he, he kind of stops there, but he was not to be deterred. 
Um, I guess that was maybe in 1996, and over a two-month process, I just hung out with him and cheerleaded him as he wrote this script. I guess the buzz around it was Miramax might be really interested in it. Uh, Roger always intended that I would be directing, which was pretty sweet. The resulting script was just amazing. It was hyper-violent and freaky, and just completely different from anything else, and taking Phantasm into a whole nother level, you know. So that was basically how it came to be. Um... Okay, so I've got a few more people popping in chat. So, uh, Paul Barrow, good evening. Uh, Baby Isis, four-barreled shotgun. Oh, yeah, I mean, yes, that, that's kick-ass. The four-barreled shotgun's kick-ass. Uh, King of uh, Huacamundo says, The last series was low-budget, but it's great on the storyline ending on Earth after the tall man takes over the world. Uh, is that Ravager, King Huacamundo? That's the only one I haven't seen. Um, yeah, as I said, the fourth one, you can tell from the sounds of it with the treatment of the third one, they were working with a much smaller budget. Um, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the the, the first three. Um, wow, concurrent views has jumped up to 105. That's, that's awesome. That's like uh, 100% <laughs> more than the multi-streams are getting. Thank you very much coming uh, coming along. King of Wakamunda in the chat says, Reggie is a case of the character being stuck in a loop to fighting the tall man, saving the world as a mistake due to the two brothers seeking help and Reggie being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, James Jones, I just started it last night. I only got to the Billy Grave episode. So James Jones, we are we'll be getting to talking to uh, Strange Things a bit later on. We're going through the news and we'll do a couple of reviews. Um, if you have seen season four, that's great. But we'll keep spoilers on season four um, uh, out the chat if you know if uh, if possible. Um, obviously, it's a hot button topic. I will be doing separately to come this week um a kind of season four spoiler video talking through what happens in season four and how i've kind of found season four um but we're going to be deep diving really in season one to three and then kind of touching on where we're getting to with season four uh i just kind of you know with it's only been out a few days uh so i don't want to spoil it for those who haven't got around to watching it yet um what else we got? Uh, oh yeah, okay, we've got a few people coming into the chat. Da, 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 loads of cool stuff. Excellent. Well, thanks, thank you, everyone that's come along. So that's uh, Phantasm nineteen ninety nine. Could have been quite cool with the Wild West post apocalyptic sequel, but um, yeah, it sounds like the third entry, which I really enjoyed, was kind of sent out there to die. Um, I believe that all of the Phantasm films are available either on Prime in the UK at least, or it might be the Shudder channel on Prime. But funnily enough, they've they must have had some sort of issue with their uh, the naming of the files because I think I went to watch three Phantasm three and Phantasm two started playing so I then found Phantasm two and it's Phantasm three um, so they kind of need to work their shit out quite quite honestly um, Big T says I guess in regards to um, Strange Things wish they released the full season all at once but I understand why they did it this way waiting for July seems so far um, but it's only a month away yeah uh, yeah I, I I get it I mean I do like to binge a whole thing uh, in one go but I guess the last two episodes are meant to be like bumper bumper length episodes um, and also Netflix are kind of going through a bit of a thing at the moment with um, cracking down on the sharing of passwords people um you know having a drop in membership so i guess to have that retention you know people aren't gonna binge a season um and then cancel their membership just for the saving of one month to then get another membership when they come back in july so it's a little bit of a funny tactic but i guess 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too fussed. I like again. We won't go into spoilers on season four, but I like how they how they ended part one. Uh, is all I'll say. Uh, moving on in the news, we have. Uh, I'm hoping a few of you guys will have seen this uh, earlier in the week. So it's a little bit old now. It's about almost a week old. I will drop a link in the chat. This again is bloodydisgusting.com. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, uh, turns the beloved character into a slasher maniac. So I believe that the, uh, yeah, the rights to the characters of Winnie the Pooh have become public domain. So it hasn't taken long uh, for that to be snapped up to make a horror film coming soon, which is called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. The upcoming horror film, which is of course not related to Disney in any way, shape or form, turns the anthropomorphic yellow teddy bear into a monstrous murderer. How this is even allowed, you ask? Well, the classic story entered the public domain at the start of the year, which means anyone and everyone is now free to do with poo uh, as they please. Uh, Reese Frake Waterfield directed Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, um, Dread Central discovered this week, and several first-look images suggest a dark and twisted ver uh, vision. No plot details are available at the time, but it looks like the movie centres on a killer wearing a Winnie the Pooh mask. Or maybe that's actually a man-bear hybrid. Uh, a twisted version of Piglet also appears in these first-look images, so expect a full-on perversion of the classic tale. Uh, it comes courtesy of Jagged Edge Productions, releasing sometime later this year. I mean, I, I heard about it, and people were saying about the trailer, but there isn't a trailer yet. Um, there's just these still images, but um, <laughs> I think it's. I think at, at least it's going to be entertaining, maybe in a so bad it's good, but it could also be a, a surprise. I mean, the images do look pretty creepy. Uh, it certainly does look like it's people just wearing a mask. I hope it's not actually they are the actual characters, because otherwise we're in for a very, very, very low budget uh low budget feature uh so what we've got saying in the chat about this uh i'm not on board with this winnie the pooh project jalloray says um Bericles, as long as they don't put him in a red shirt big t oh man disney must love this there isn't a damn thing they can do <laughs> um so Bericles says the red shirt means it's disney okay right uh, it looks as though from the images he has got like a red button like a lumberjack shirt with like uh, overalls on so i guess that's their way around it um, King Fuecomundo wasn't Jagged Edge a hip-hop group. Does sound familiar, um, King. It does sound familiar. Uh, but that is, yeah, that's coming later this year. Now, this is a game that was announced quite a while ago. We're talking about horror video games now. But some gameplay footage has now emerged for the video game Scorn. Um, updates on the Giga-inspired first-person action-adventure game Scorn have been slow since developer Ebb Software announced the game's new release date last December. That was until YouTuber uh, Psyku1 posted a new gameplay video for Scorn, which immediately hits home for fans of Alien. Now, I remember the trailer for this coming out at the end of last year, and it gave me a mixture of Alien vibes and, I guess, kind of Cronenberg-y vibes. And I think that's kind of solidified by the trailers that we had, or the first trailer at least, for uh, Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg's Return to Horror. Um, I'll drop the link in the chat. That should have the link for... This is for the article, so there should be also the link in there for uh, 
for the gameplay video. Yep, that is a bit further down in it. So uh, following on on this, the devs have also posted another development update to the game's Kickstarter page, which also includes additional snippets of gameplay footage. In particular, the update focuses on the game's weapons from concept to completion, as well as going over some underlying themes within Scorn and explain what the role weapons will play in the game. Uh, here's a little quote. Uh, weapons often play a critical role in survival horror, but once that is drastically different from... Uh, okay, well, but one that is drastically different from that of a shooter, reads the post. While Scorn will have a shooter component, it is by no means a shooter. The weapons provide more player agency, adding an extra layer through which you can engage within the world around you. So, still don't know a huge amount about this game. First person, there are weapons, but the focus isn't on weapons, so that kind of, I guess, makes me think... Um, not quite out outlast because that didn't have weapons from from memory but maybe like a alien isolation type deal um it's slated for an october 2022 release for pc and xbox series it definitely looks pretty creepy i mean i hope we don't get the same issues that we had with um agony that was announced. It looked like a really sort of creepy hell-based horror slated in the reviews. Um, I've still not picked up a copy, even though I regularly see it for like £2.50, which is probably like four bucks uh, American money. Um, what have we got in the chat in regards to Scorn? Uh, duh, duh, duh. Okay, we're still... Yeah, okay. Talking MJF. Yeah, MJF's still big. Uh, still further developments. Um We'll, uh, I mean, who knows what the news will be like when we get to next Sunday's um, Ministry of Slam show, where we'll be with the whole uh, whole MJF thing. But uh, yeah, very crazy, very crazy times there in the world of wrestling. Um, so, Ebb Software's creative director and CEO, now apologies if I butcher this name, um, although I'm imagining they're not watching, Luber, Lubomir Peklar also delves into the process for designing the weapons, which again carry that Giga-esque biomechanical feel. The weapons found in the Scorn are mostly there as optional tools for progression. The weapons are relatively standard in terms of functionality, but this was an intentional element of their design. Adding recognisable gun types into the game, such as a pistol, shotgun, or a grenade launcher, can influence how players perceive them and ultimately how they are used. So that definitely, to me, makes it sound like you could play the game through without needing a gun. It's an optional element. Um, yeah, very intriguing, very intriguing. The whole design of it does look cool. Um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see come October. I imagine there'll be some uh, some more some more videos coming out then. But yeah, I'll be checking out the gameplay footage a bit later on. I'm very interested in it. If it's got a strong narrative, um, regular... Regular listeners, viewers will know that I like, I do like a horror game. I'm more of a horror film, book, uh, medium type person than game, than gaming. Because I'm a bit of a wuss with jump scares in games. But if it's got a good story, that's what's going to tie me into it. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, multiplayer focused uh, horror games, but yeah, we'll see. And then last up in the news, we have a first look at horror movie Frost. It traps its characters in a deadly winter storm. Uh, this is published by John Squires on bloodydisgusting.com. Vernon Wells of The Road Warrior, a Divani Pin of House of Manson, and Venus de... <laughs> okay, that can't be real. <laughs> Venus de Milo Thomas uh, from Family Matters star in winter horror movie Frost. 
and uh, Bloody Disgusting had the first look today. Cleopatra Entertainment has announced they finished production on the horror movie, which was directed by Brandon Slagley, with the story by James Cullen Brassack and screenplay by Robert Thompson. The movie was filmed on location in the San Bernardino Mountains in Southern California during the winter of 2020. So there's some images. I will drop the link in the live chat if you wish to have a look at it. Um, sorry, Baby Ice, it's not a remake of Jack Frost. Um, Jack Frost is on my list to watch because I haven't actually seen uh, either of the Jack Frost films. I think it's only two. And I don't think we're talking about the Michael Keaton dead dad, Jack Frost. Um, so the film tells the story of a young woman and her estranged father who have to fight to survive after being stranded on a mountain, on a remote mountainside during a winter storm. Frost will be released October 11th after the film has finished its festival run. Um, Bressac also produced with Tim Yasui co-producing the feature. So there's a couple of stills of it there. Um, I I like a good isolation horror against the elements. Could be good. It really depends on what action set pieces occur in it to kind of keep the engagement. From the stills, it clearly looks like someone has been caught or trapped or maybe for some reason their head's sticking out the window and they are frozen to death. Um, intriguing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look. <laughs> Demi Lee says, Daddy. Um, James Jones, King, right, if something. I was hoping it was a remake of Jack Frost. Okay. That is it then for the latest horror news. There wasn't too much else really going on in the world of horror. Um, and obviously, if I've missed anything, let me know in the live chat um so now let's talk about the reviews the horror reviews of the week so if you're new to the show which i imagine a few people will because the numbers i mean we're like 140 plus at the moment which is just insane thank you so much and i will say haven't said it yet um if you're new to the to the show or to the mos network please give us a subscribe uh like and share all that good stuff we are so close to hitting the thousand subs and that opens some some doors for some uh, extra extra content extra things we can do on the channel so if you haven't already it'd be uh, greatly appreciated if you could hit that subscribe button so onto the reviews now i do try and look for new horrors available um on on streaming whether it's free streaming or whether it's you know like rental it's not that much new ish at the moment but i've got a couple of films that have been on my radar either for a a month or so or just uh, just recently and then also we have the full moon retro review where we look at a uh, an old film from the Full Moon Productions, classic B-movie horror from the 80s and 90s. Really, really good stuff. And uh, this week's one is a recommendation, I believe, from Baby Ice, um, who's a, a newer listener to the, uh, to the MOS Network, Ministry of Slam and also Ministry of Horror. But first up, one of the more recent films. Uh, I finally got around to watching Last Night in Soho. It's been on my radar for a little while. It's... Uh, Psychological horror film uh, from 2021, directed by Edgar Wright, co-written by Wright and Crystal Christy Wilson Kens, stars Thomason McKenzie, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, Matt Smith, Michael Ahio, uh, Terence Stamp, and Diana Rigg. The final appearance, final film appearances of Rigg and Margaret Nolan, who both died in 2020, it's dedicated in their memories. Um. So, really, the, so I generally did enjoy this, but not it was it wasn't it didn't smash it out of the park for me. 
Thomasin McKenzie plays um, Ellie Turner. She's got a real love of the music and the fashion from the swinging 60s of London. And she wants to become a fashion designer. Uh, her mother, who was also a fashion designer, killed herself during Ellie's childhood. And as a result, Ellie is raised by her maternal grandmother. Um, she occasionally sees her mother's ghost in the mirrors. She moves from a rural, rural home near Redruth, Cornwall, to London to study at the London College of Fashion, where she has trouble fitting in with her peers, particularly her snobby roommate, Jocasta, or Hurricane Jocasta, played by... Um, that is... What's her name? Where's she in the cast list? Um, oh, Sinove Carlson. Do you know what? I actually thought it was Florence Pugh the whole time. I was actually certain that Florence Pugh was in this film, but no, apparently Sinove Carlson played uh, a Scottish actress, played uh, Hurricane Jocasta. Um, well, that's that's completely surprised me. She is a dead ringer. Um, dead ringer for that. Um, King of Quackamundo in the chat says, I enjoy zombie and alien movies. Um, yeah, this, well, this has an, it's, mm, it's, Almost kind of got an element of zombie. It's not really zombie, though. It's ghosts, really. But she moves to the big city. Uh, her roommate is a dickhead. Um, just just a bully. Just kind of an out-and-out. Out. Almost kind of a stereotypical bully. Um, and she decides to move out of dorms. It's not working for her. She's not used to it. Her roommate's a brick. Um, and she finds a room to let. Um, the problem with that, though... Um, are you say hi to me? Uh, hi, the Rock and uh, Roll Brothers Beckham. Um, the uh, the problem with moving into this room is she starts having these visions. It's almost like she's seeing ghosts, but she's then almost in their their spirit, which is this uh, this woman Anya, Anya Taylor Joy's character. She is quite a strong um, strong willed individual. She wants to be a singer. She wants to be on the stage in the lights. Um, soaking up the adjuration of the crowd. She meets Matt Smith, who I don't think is a great director. A director? Actor. I mean, he might direct. I don't know. I don't really follow his career. Um, he plays... Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. What's his name in this? Matt Smith plays Jack, who at first appears to be a, uh, a warming, welcoming character because the, the hierarchy that, that run these clubs are a little bit seedy, uh, a little bit... Um, Wanting to wanting to take advantage of things, uh, Cherry's 08. So we're talking Stranger Things. Yeah, that's going to be the main event uh, format of the show. Uh, Cherry's 08. We do a bit of news. We do uh, some reviews, and then we get to the main event. So don't worry, we will be talking Stranger Things. Um, we'll be getting there shortly. But she's then seeing these, seeing the 1960s, and is almost living it. There's things that happen to Anya Taylor Joy's uh, character, which transfer into the real world or the current world. Um, you, you're led to kind of think that is Thomas and Mackenzie's um, Ellie losing her mind. Um, something's not quite right here. Was was what happened in the past maybe a bit more nefarious because Anatolia Joy's character, she starts going through some shit, quite frankly. So the lines between reality and uh, this dreamland are really starting to blur. You're then seeing these kind of... Uh, ghostly images of of dead men i won't go too much further into it because i don't want to give away really big spoilers on the film but um that's generally kind of where it goes it starts it starts seeping more into the horror realm a little bit later on 
little bit later on. Um, Cherry's 08, thoughts on season four in the chat? Now, we're going to be deep diving on seasons one to three. We're going to touch on season four, but we're not going to do spoilers. So if you can refrain um you know from uh from talking spoilers i will be putting up a spoiler video a bit later and uh well maybe tomorrow um but just because i imagine some people may not have got around to season four yet so uh no spoilers in the chat um and i've probably mentioned this a few times so if people listen on the podcast apologies this is the last time i'll mention it until we get into into it um what did i think of this film then so the horror elements come in a bit later on um and it is very much ghostly horror the film is shot beautifully like the colors are properly vibrant it really the 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 music and the visuals of 60s london kind of transport you into that era um but the there's no real explanation that i picked up on of how ellie is is seeing these things there's there's discussions that happen later on where it, it seems that that's kind of expected um maybe she's a bit more in tune with the after afterlife because she's been seeing ghostly images of her deceased mother i'm not too sure um but i did feel that they could have maybe tried to allude to how it was so possible that she was seeing this woman's life from the 60s um but other than that it's a pretty good film i'm giving it a seven out of ten um seven out of ten in the uh in the the moh scale of reviews it's good it's good it's not great um i do have i do have a fondness for edgar wright's work sean the dead spaced um you know hot fuzz and uh and the, and the world's end and baby driver was decent i mean a lot of them aren't horror films but um he's a very talented director this was it was all right it was all right it's pretty good pretty good all right i'm flip-flopping seven out of ten seven out of ten is a good score it's definitely good on my scale because quite often i don't really rate things too highly uh next up on the reviews is a thing that i watched today it's a new film newer film than um last night in soho it is we're all going to the world's fair it's a 2021 american coming of age horror drama film directed written and edited by jane Schoenbrunn. Uh, it stars Anna Cobb in her debut role and Michael J. Rogers. David Lowry was the executive producer. It had its premiere at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival um, on January 31st, 2021. Utopia picked it up for distribution and released it in US theatres on April 15th, 2022. And it's expected to stream on HBO Max at a later date. So. Um... <laughs> just seeing the chat jello array seven skulls out of ten frightening but not screaming mad yes that's a good way to look at it that's a good way to look at it um and uh the gruff hey dude uh appreciate the no spoilers I only watched one episode of the new season so far um oh the gruff sorry bit late to the stream tonight hope all is good well do you know what we may replay the intro there's a new intro to tonight's show we may replay that before the main event it's only like a minute long and i'm quite pleased with it <laughs> um so if people are late to the show you'll get to see this uh you'll get to see this uh this little intro video again so we're all going to the world's fair i saw the trailer and i thought okay this is look it's a bit of an indie film um i'm intrigued to see where the horror elements are but i'm always looking for like new up-and-coming sort of films maybe films that haven't got that much exposure i struggled with this i will be honest 
Um, the movie cover picture looks cool. King of Huecamundo in the chat says, yeah, it does look cool. Um, God, it's, this is difficult. So I, I believe it's a first time film for Jane Schoenberg and Anna Cobb is in her debut role in a feature film. She's the, 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 the lady in the picture. But this was a struggle, to be honest. The vast majority of the film, like 98% of the film, is just focused on Anna Cobb. The film is kind of shot with a mixture of like streaming cams, um, web videos. You get it's not in, it's not like found footage, but it almost is because it's a mixture of these along with these really wide shots of the character talking to the camera. Essentially, it's in regards to an online horror game, but not like a video game, but kind of like a do these actions and then watch this video type game, like a I guess like a TikTok or a, or a streamer type game. I don't know. don't know how to describe it. But basically, she's a lonely girl. Casey, this is. She lives with her widowed father. Uh, one day, she decides to record herself taking the viral World's Fair challenge, in which she states, I want to go to the World's Fair four times on camera, smear some of her blood on a laptop screen. She, she takes like a pin, like a pin that you'd put on a shirt, takes the, the actual pin of it and stabs herself a bunch of times in the finger. Puts the button on laptop screen um, and then watches a short video of strobe lights before then saying that she's going to make update videos of any changes she notices. Um, other people online are posting their challenge videos um, of how they have changed psychologically and physically after watching these videos. It's I'm just going to say now, it's not um, as interesting as it sounds. I'm sorry. It sounds more interesting than it actually is. But there is a moment where it does get a little bit creepy. She's watching, she goes to, she has trouble sleeping because she used to sleepwalk when she was a kid. She goes out to the shed and puts on a big, um, uh, a big projector, this like ASMR video of a woman just kind of doing dodgy ASMR saying, shh, it's okay. It's okay, you can go to sleep. Take you and like stroking the screen, a little bit weird. That video finishes while she's, I guess, using it to go to sleep, and a video comes up distorting her face from a previous stream that she's done, saying, you need help, let me contact you. Turns out it's this other guy who refers to himself as JLB, not JBL, wrestling fans. Um, and he is reaching out to her because he wants to just make sure that she's okay with any sort of changes that are happening to her. Again, it sounds more interesting than it actually was. Um, She's recording and she does seem to be slowly losing her grip on reality. Um, this guy, who I sort of thought maybe it was her dad, because she doesn't see him on the web calls. It's just a weird, creepy picture that he's got. And he's always heavily breathing into his microphone. Um, it almost think, you almost think, oh, that would have been a cool twist if maybe it's, it's her dad trying to connect with her. Because you never see her dad, other than one time she's really loudly watching a YouTube video at 3am and he says, shut the fuck up, it's 3am. That's it. That's, that's all his involvement. Um, weird ending to the film. I wanted to like it. I feel that I shouldn't have spent £4.50 <laughs> renting it. it. I'm giving it a very sort of terrible kind of review. But... I don't want to crap on it too much because I do appreciate new horror. Um, it's not really horror, though. It is even the coming-of-age element. I mean, it's probably more of a drama film. A couple of creepy 
shots in it really that's it but horror fans probably won't like this if you like indie indie film with kind of an indie music sort of tinge and a little bit of mystery you may enjoy it but you probably won't get any sort of resolution and a good mystery film has to have some form of resolution uh, at the end of it five out of ten which i think is kind of generous um fran the counter chat says this sounds worse than the recent shutter films you've reviewed uh th i mean at least the recent shutter films have been a bit more horror based uh fran and thank you for coming along fran um into the into the chat um abu very creepy and interesting season four uh baby ice i'm really over found footage films uh everything's been done yeah i mean this is weird it's like I say, the majority of it is shot from like webcams and uh, live stream type videos and watching previous videos other people have put up going through this World's Fair challenge. But it's not entirely. It's just it's a bit strange. So yeah, 5 out of 10. Now, if you are fans of B-movies, um, films from the uh, 80s and 90s, we're now into the final review before we get on to... Uh, Onto today's main event, and that is the Full Moon Retro Review. Uh, this time I have looked at, and I believe Baby Ice recommended this, Trancers from Full Moon Pictures. Just look at that poster. His name is Death. He hunts trancers, even in the 20th century. Holy moly, was this entertaining. I've never seen the Trancers films. It's all new to me. I believe there's six of them. Uh, but it's a 1984 science fiction action film. I, I've included it because it's on Full Moon. Full Moon's predominantly horror. Um, and I guess you could say the trancers, they're basically kind of like living zombies. Um, they're pretty cool. Uh, it's a 1984 action, science fiction action films. <laughs> a lot of action there. Directed by Charles Band and starring Tim Thomason, Helen Hunt, who I believe is an Academy Award winner. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt is in this film. Okay, digest that for a minute, guys. Um, and Art Lefleur. It's the first film, the Trancer series. Thomason plays Jack Death, a Philip Marlowe-esque police detective from the 23rd century who travels to the 1980s to bring his old nemesis to justice. Uh, the film portrays a unique method of time travel. People can travel back in time by injecting themselves with a drug that allows them to take over the body of an ancestor. The whole premise of this film, I just thought was so cool. Like, we've got an, Amer an American future, almost kind of wasteland. A lot of the world seems to be underwater. You can take a drug that puts you in the body of your ancestors, which does, there's a moment a bit later on where his Jack Death's boss, or sort of boss, arrives, but the only ancestor that was available was like a 12-year-old girl. So this little girl turns up at his door just as he's about to get fresh with uh, Helen Hunt, telling him off. And it's just like, oh, this is quite funny. Um, oh, say hi, Amanda, Sunflowers says uh, in the chat. Hi, Amanda. Um, oh, Baby I says <laughs> that Helen Hunt is in three of the Chancer films. Wow. Um, he stopped at four when they hit the Middle Ages. Yeah, to be honest, I've never really been that interested in the Middle Ages in films. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Um, Abu, what's your name, bruh? It's Tez. It's on the screen. Um, so Trancers, this oh, this was a lot of fun. Came out in uh, November 7th, 1984 in the UK, but May 22nd, 1985 in the US. I wonder why we got the film a lot earlier. Uh, it's a typical full moon film. It's only 76 minutes long, so it's perfect to watch. 
Um, but yeah, there, there's a really cool technique in this. So when, so Jack Death is hunting trancers. What a trancer is is basically someone that's in a trance. They've almost become like a human zombie slave to this bad guy, Martin Whistler. Um, Martin Whistler has found a way to go back in time, leaving his body in the present, which is like 2033, uh, 23rd century, um, but going back in time, taking over an ancestor, and his ancestor happens to be a policeman in 1984, and he's then going to hunt the ancestors of the uh, the police department or the, you know, the people running the world in the 23rd century and kill them in the past so they're never born in the future, kind of Terminator-esque. Uh, Jack Death gets to go back into one of his ancestors to try and take him down. Now, he's given a gun with some couple of syringes in it for, like, getting back to the present because he's, he's meant to catch Whistler, take him back to the present. Uh, the baby council says that... Uh, baby Eyes, sorry, says the council. Um, and... Uh, I don't, don't know what's going on in the chat. Lots, lo lots of stuff is going on in the chat. Um, and... He goes. He doesn't just go back in time with this pistol that's also got syringes in it. He's also got what I actually thought was really cool. He's got a digital watch, which gives you one long second, um, which basically means when he engages it, he can slow time. So what's happening in a second for everyone else is like almost um, 30 seconds to a minute for him. Um, he only gets very limited charges with it, but it's really cool. He uses it to save Helen Hunt in one scene, uh, also to save one of the uh, the people that he's going for. Now, when someone becomes known as being a a uh, a trancer, because normally you won't know they're a trancer, but when they're found out, or when they're <laughs> when I guess their their hunting ability or whatever comes in, they suddenly get kind of a yellowy orange skin and almost like veins and just kind of do a lot of growling and gurgling sound. Sort of sound where if you've had something dodgy that's not agreed with you and your stomach's just going mental. Um, <laughs> Archie Smith in the chat. My cat comes and watches your streams with me, but she only comes with your stream. I will rename her Tez. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm honoured, Archie Smith. Uh, I am honoured. If you guys are in the Discord... Um, Chuck into the Ministry of Horror. Send send a picture of your cat. The Ministry of Horror cat. Tez the cat. That'd be awesome. Um, Baby Ice is responding to um, Abu asking what's uh, what people like on Netflix except Stranger Things. Baby Ice says, "Love Death and Robots or the Narco series." Now I've not seen either of those. Um, I do hear that I, I hear Love Death and Robots because each episode is different, um, has its highs and lows, but I've always heard great things about Narcos. Um, for me, I don't know if it's still on there, but I love Hannibal. Um, seasons one to three, I thought it was incredible. And I do like a good whodunit type mystery thing, like the Harlan Coben series. I mean, they're, they're, the acting half the time is pretty terrible, um, but I, I, I like a good whodunit, you know. That's, that's yeah I, I can't really think of too much i mean to be honest on netflix i more often than not will watch things like peep show uh american office parks and rec those sort of comedy things um i do have on my list um to watch hellbound and i need to finish squid games i'll get round to those when i do but back to trances now if you like over the top b movie action <laughs> Uh, it's 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 fun this is a fun film i i am hyped actually to get around to watching trances 2 
I believe they should all be on the Full Moon Prime channel. I know that all the Puppet Master films are, or most of them. I think that's quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's still a full full moon picture. It's not like Oscar worthy. Um, <laughs> but in terms of B movies, no, I give it a six point five out of ten. Um, yeah, really good. Really, 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 really good. Uh, Archie Smith in the chat says. Um, you think there'll be more seasons on Stranger Things, or four be the final? Uh, no, Archie Smith, they are doing five seasons. So, uh, volume two of season four is the last two episodes. That is in July, I think July 1st. But then we will be getting a fifth season, and that will be the final, uh, the final season. Um, so we're now going to get on to our featured presentation. So I'll do that video first, and then we'll, uh... We'll go into the next bit, which a lot of people may not have seen. I know we've got like over a hundred people watching now. You may not have seen the start of the stream, but uh, we'll do our featured presentation uh, transition now. go and, and it's transitioned perfectly with uh, the stranger things logo there uh, i had that at the very start of the show as like a new intro i don't I, i'm very tempted to keep it as the new ministry of uh, horror intro just because i had a lot of fun putting that together i didn't even put much work into that um, but i was i'm just very pleased with how it came out unfortunately you can only have two lines and you can't have spaces so it just says ministry horror this is the ministry of horror um but yeah, I thought that was quite cool. I'm very pleased with it. Um, bravo, says Jelleray. Bericles loves it. Thanks very much. And um, Abu has confirmed they are uh, watching from India. Thank you very much for watching the show, um, Abu. And um, and everyone else, Kevin O'Drisco, hi. Um, uh, Jad Sim, have you seen Fear Street? Yes. I've, I still haven't seen the third one. And apparently the third one, I've heard people say is the weakest. I've heard people say it's the best one. Um, but I enjoyed Fair Street Part 1. I thought Part 2 was um, was uh, was a bit better. Um, but I like what they've done with it. Not familiar with the books. Um, and Alan Swazza in the chat is from... Um, is that Brazil? Awesome. Man, this is a, it's an international horror, uh, horror show. I'm very pleased. Thank you very much. And uh, I will say again... Um, Thanks, uh, thanks, Lawrence. Voodoo Vegas in the chat. Have a good show, Tez. Positive vibe, brother. Thank you very much. I will say again, if you haven't already, if you're new to the show, you're new to the network, please give us a, uh, a subscribe on, on YouTube. Give the show a like. Um, we've got lots of great stuff. I'll be going, going over the, the stuff at the very end of the show. But yeah, really loving, 
Really loving what we've got on, going on at the moment. Um, in regards to Fear Street in the chat, Jard Smith says the third is the best. Tell you what, Jardson, I will do a review, a belated review of the third one next week on next week's show because I haven't seen it. I'm always banging on about wanting to find newer or newish, you know, last 12 months, whatever horror. So I'll watch the third one. Um, yeah, Fran the Cannon, again, thanks so much for coming over. I know Fran was a regular when we streamed on Twitch. Um, so I really appreciate you coming over to the new home of the Ministry of Horror along with the MOS Network. So, as mentioned, this is a Stranger Things episode. Stranger Things is all over the news at the moment as Part 4 has been released this past Friday on Netflix. Um, if you've watched it, if you've enjoyed it, that's all cool. You can drop it in the chat, but I will say... Please refrain from putting spoilers for season four in the chat. Uh, not everyone's going to have got around to watching it yet because it is so fresh. Um, I have binged it. I will be doing a Stranger Things season four, like a little uh, video going up on the MOS network this week. Just sort of talking through what happens, my my thoughts on it, how I how I enjoyed the season, which I did. I, I love Stranger Things. Um, and where I feel that it's going to go. Um, so that's... We'll, we'll, we'll get to season four we'll get to season four but yeah there won't be spoilers for season four on tonight's show so first off in the chat um have we oh ice house going back to going back to the fear street discussion says the second part for the win i really enjoyed the second part uh really really enjoyed it um strange things let me know guys in the chat um if you've seen stranger things and what's been your favorite so far less season four uh so you've what's been kind of your favorite moments from uh seasons one to three if you pop it in the in the chat maybe put like um hashtag or ask moh and then put what you thought about you know your your favorite moments of stranger things and i'll try and i'll try and get to them as we're going through the show so this is an american science fiction horror drama television series that was created by the duffer duffer not duffer brothers on netflix they serve as the showrunners and they are the executive producers along with sean levi and dan cohen so this actually debuted all the way back in 2016 the show is set in the 1980s in the fictional town of hawkins indiana um, and really, it's the, the first season. The whole start of this show is on the disappearance of a young boy, Will Byers. Um, this, the, when this was announced, what really drew me to it was I could tell the Stephen King and John Carpenter-type influences just from the first trailer. Um, you've really got a mystery going on with... Uh, you've got two sets of mysteries, really, that are intertwining as we go into it. The disappearance of Will Byers <clears throat> is playing D&D &D with his friends. They're all having a great time. They're all like, I don't know, I don't know how old they're meant to be, but they're like teens, pre-teens, whatever. He is riding back after a late night Dungeons and Dragons session. Kind of, the weather's a bit kind of crappy. Uh, and he encounters what we find out later to be known as the, the Demogorgon. Somewhere like that. It's probably, it will say in here. Um... But this is another thing that each season of Stranger Things has done really quite well, is giving a name to these unknown beasts, tying in the lore of games like Dungeons and Dragons, and using that as a benchmark to then give a name to these creatures. I just thought it was really, really quite ingenious and really kind of cool. They used they did it for, I guess, each of the creatures thus far, even into season four, because D&D &D is such a, a rich kind of uh, 
history, um, you know, monster list, that they could say, well, what's happening with this entity? That certainly sounds like the Mind Flayer, or sounds like, um, I've already forgotten his name, it's like Reckner, uh, but we won't go into that, um, <laughs> and uh, the Demogorgon. Yeah, and is it the Demogorgon? Or am I just butchering that? Let me know in chat. Am I butchering Demogorgon? Um, Dario Chicazo says, yo. Um, hey there. Thanks for coming to the show. So let's, let's look down at the cast. We've got Winona Ryder. She's not really been featured that heavily in a lot of stuff in the last few years. So her being cast as Joyce Bryce, uh, Joyce Byers was just uh, just excellent. I mean, she's a she's one of the powerhouse performances throughout, but really in the first season, playing a desperate mother because, as we find out early in season one, the first episode, uh, Will Byers has gone missing. Something has taken him, but he seems to have been uh, abducted. Maybe I mean, before kind of going into all the supernatural elements that are in the show, we have this uh, government cover up story going on. He's been taken, um, his friends are looking for him, but while they're searching for him, they come across uh, a young psychokinetic girl called Eleven, which is played by Millie Bobby Brown. Um, so we're now tying into it elements of Dungeons & Dragons, this weird-looking kind of beast that you get hints at, and then MK Ultra or Project Montauk. Now, I believe Project Montauk was kind of the initial basis in the development um <clears throat> we'll talk about the development really of the show here they the Duffer brothers when they pitched this to netflix they created like almost a old 1980s early 90s book cover like a stephen king book cover just called montauk and uh they they took the inspiration from the the firestarter uh, book cover from Stephen King. So straight away, they're really displaying, here's the influences, here's the feel and the tone for the show. Um, and I think that was ingenious because you're automatically going to be tapping into an audience of people in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, who, whether they grew up with it at the time or retrospectively got introduced to it, had that 80s horror sensibility john carpenter influence we have that with the theme with uh, a lot of the shots stephen king as well that the fonts used each episode is a chapter almost like it's a visual novel uh in, in tv form um but it's that let's let's have a little look at the development on the show so they'd it's uh matt and ross duffer professional and duffer brothers had completed uh, writing and producing a 2015 film called Hidden, which uh, they tried to emulate the style of M. Night Shyamalan. However, due to changes at Warner Brothers, its distributor, the film did not see a wide release, and the Duffer Brothers were unsure of their future. Now, I don't think I've seen Hidden. Uh, let's have a quick look at this. Alexander Skarsgård, Andrea Riseborough, it's a 2015 film, made 310k. Uh, dollars at the box office psychological horror film if you've, if you've seen hidden let me know in the chat if it's worth a watch i imagine with those guys behind it it probably is uh, but i'm not too familiar with it um to their surprise though television producer donald deline approached them impressed with the script and offered them the opportunity to work on episodes of wayward pines alongside shyamalan we mentioned wayward pines uh, a week or so, but so back um a lot of promise to that i know it's based on novels so they had to kind of follow what was going on uh in in the novels 
had a lot of promise definitely lost its way um i don't know what episodes they worked on um but they were mentored by Shyamalan during the episode's production so that when they finished they felt that they were ready to produce their own tv show they prepared a, skit, a script which would essentially be similar to the series' actual pilot episode, along with a 20-page pitch book to help shop the series around for a network. They pitched to about 15 cable networks, all of which rejected the script on the basis that they felt a plot centred around children as leading characters would not work, asking them to make a children's series or drop the children and focus on Hopper's investigation in the paranormal. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. I mean, one of the things... Um, with the show that I know a few of my friends never watch Stranger Things because they've gone show about kids though, isn't it? It's a kids show, um, which I think kind of misses the mark really. That it's a bit of a gamble if you have your main characters being kids in a fairly adult centric storyline. I mean, we get um, some bloody deaths in this, quite mature themes. But you almost get that relatability, kind of like with uh, with It, Stephen King's It, both the 1990s miniseries adaptation, and I'd say part one of uh, of the Andy Muschietti um, two films. And part one was better than part two. Part two was not. Uh, part two was disappointing. But the second, you know, the finale of It, the novel, is quite disappointing. But that's another discussion for another day. Uh, but kind of putting your focus really on on your kids as your central. Um, your central protagonists is a bit of a gamble because i mean not all kid actors are good but a lot are unfortunately trash you know it's just just is what it is but they got a great cast here that really gelled you've got your kind of kind of like i guess like the the uh the way that the tv series freaks and geeks worked you have your older teenager group and then you have your the the younger siblings of one or two of them having their own storylines that intertwine every so often but you get these different dynamics and talking dynamics when we get into the later series they really did work them quite well um following on really in terms of uh we won't do the whole production the whole writing but when they pitched the series the duff brothers showcased images footages and footage and music from the 70s and 80s films such as E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Poltergeist, Hellraiser, which uh, <laughs> I had a delivery from the postman today. In a few weeks, I'm going to be doing a Hellraiser episode with um, MOS alumni Necro Eric, um, and uh, quite a few of the Hellraiser sequels I haven't seen. So in the post today, I had uh, Inferno, which I have seen, I think. Uh, the rest of these I definitely haven't seen. Hellseeker. Uh, Deader. And Hellworld, which has Lance Henriksen in it. So it's Hellworld, at least, is going to be guaranteed to be decent. Um, I'll just have a quick look again at the chat. Um, the Gruff says, even the Stranger Things logo reminds me of John Carpenter. Um, Abu loves the 80s set. Cars top notch. Um, Baby Ice says the hidden another review you need to do. Okay, Baby Ice, I will have a look and see if I can get it cheap or free. Um, Big T, I'm always hoping the series doesn't get the Walking Dead treatment and have a boatload of spin-offs. Okay, so Big T, we reported last week on the news that there is gonna be a spin-off of Stranger Things. We don't know the details. We don't know which characters are gonna focus on at all. Um I guess similar to you, Big T, I was apprehensive because 
I guess from Marvel fatigue, I'll say I I I don't really care too much now for shared universes, big universe things. The MCU, I do I do like the MCU. I like Endgame and a lot of the early stuff, but I have dropped off the Marvel uh, bandwagon a bit. Um, and I like Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. I hope it has a good ending, and so far it's looking that way. Uh, when we finish season four and then get to season five. But do I have interest in expanding the universe with spin-offs? Don't know. Don't know. Not really. It depends. It depends on what the hook is. Um, so what else we've got? Suggest a song, guys, for my night, Abu says. Uh, it depends really what you like, um, Abu. If you like the 80s synth style, um, but want a more modern twist on it, I'd say um, Perturbata or Daniel Deluxe. Um, they do really cool stuff like that. Um, Moon, that's pretty good as well. Um, da, 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 da. I like the Kevin Smith He Man. The Gruff says, um, "Baby T says, Baby I says, Boo." Uh, the Gruff, that would be good. Think I've only ever seen the first two Hellraiser films. They are the best. The Gruff. Um, the third for me, I enjoyed, but it's that was when you could tell it had gone from a um, low focused budget to bigger studio uh make it that what you will but the first two films had this kind of ethereal theme to them I, i'll get into it more when we get to the, the episode i'm very interested in necro eric's uh, opinion on the hellraiser films because i know that he says the majority of them are masterpieces i've seen a few of the sequels and i do disagree with that but we'll get into that we'll get into that when we get there um so in regards to the da, 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 so they, yeah they mentioned hellraiser getting back to stranger things uh stand by me which you can really feel with the um i guess the growing pains of the group uh firestarter nightmare on elm street which is very poignant for uh, season four i'll say no more and jaws to establish the tone of the series so they are straight away going for that nostalgia kick but doing it in a almost a highbrow way not just kind of when i say that you can sometimes go for a nostalgia kick and just do easter egg after easter egg after easter egg and one or two easter eggs can be cool but sometimes that can just really take away from the narrative so they haven't done that they've worn their influences on their sleeve but not to the point of replication not to the point of basically doing a scene from nightmare on elm street directly or hellraiser or poltergeist it's an influence, but it's not dictating what is going on on screen. It's not becoming almost a parody. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much more to kind of go into that. We'll kind of uh, we'll dip back and back and forth into into the production of the series, which again I mentioned was originally known as Montauk. Um, it was set originally on Montauk, New York, nearby Long Island. Uh, Montauk figured into a number of real-world conspiracy theories involving secret government experiments. Now, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but I did a while ago have a little, uh, I guess maybe it might have been after season one of Stranger Things, after binging the shit out of that. Um, I did go down the rabbit hole a little bit of looking into uh, Project Montauk and uh, MK Ultra. Who knows if it's real? I mean, the in terms of the experiments, that is. I know the location is, and I know some guys tried to, uh, tried to get into it, and... Um, yeah, kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. It's this. There's this building, which is still heavily guarded, even though nothing's going on there. Uh, entrances or underground entrances have been concreted off. 
but the development plans for the uh, the building show like a huge sprawling underground area. Now, what's down there? What happened down there? I don't know, but uh, I can see why people go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. Um, I tend to take those things with a pinch of salt, but something like that oh, was kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. So the Brothers Duffer had chosen Montauk as it had further Spielberg ties with the film Jaws, where Montauk was used for the fictional setting of Amity Island. Uh, after deciding to change the narrative of the series to take place in the fictional town of Hawkins instead, the brothers felt that they could now do things to the town, such as placing it under quarantine, that they could really not envisage with a real location. Uh, with the change in location, they had to come up with a new title to the series under direction of Netflix's Ted Sarandos so they could start marketing it to the public. The brothers started by using a copy of Stephen King's Firestarter novel to consider the title's font and appearance, um, which you can really see with the actual the font style. If you've ever read like a first edition of uh, old school Stephen King, you know, it 1986, the original sort of cover. Uh, really, I guess it's the, the King font of his name uh, back then, you know, early 90s as well. That's that's very prevalent in the, the font use in, uh, in uh, Stranger Things. Um, so they used a copy of Firestarter to consider the title's font and appearance and came up with a long list of potential alternatives. Stranger Things came about as it sounded similar to Needful Things by Stephen King, though Matt noted that they still had a lot of heated arguments over the final title. Um, yeah, so I mean, well, let's 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 dive into it. So with the cast, we mentioned Winona Ryder playing Joyce um, Byers. She is the mother of Will and Jonathan Byers. Uh, David Harbour playing John, uh, sorry, not John, Jim Hopper, the chief of the Hawkins Police Department. He had a young daughter, Sarah, who died of cancer. That then led to him divorcing his wife and lapsing into alcoholism. But he really has a redemption story throughout that uh, first season specifically, and kind of still ongoing um, from season one to three, uh, where he he starts to grow feeling more responsible responsibility trying to find Joyce's son he's not really accepting that uh she may he may have been he may have been killed that's something that I thought was quite cool in the story as well you get a we have this hint that maybe he is in this other place we don't know definitively um but then a body is found in uh in the the quarry or where that big lake thing and I thought that was very very a very nice red herring because the gang are seeing this body being recovered um it's almost like oh shit so he did actually die then um no it's a fake body which leads to this which you know you then get the conspiracy theory again in in show in regards to well, why are they trying to cover it up why do they want uh people to think that he is dead uh, leading further into that mystery, um, one of the main characters, Finn Wolfhard, playing Mike Wheeler, middle child of Karen and Ted, brother of Nancy and Holly, and one of the three friends of Will Byer. Uh, he's basically kind of our, almost our central protagonist. I'd say definitely in season one. It is an ensemble cast, but it does feel like he's uh, at least the leader to a degree of the group, um, maybe alongside Eleven, played by Millie Bob Brown. Uh, she's a young girl with telepathic and psychokinetic abilities and limited vocabulary. Uh, her real name is Jane. She's the biological daughter of Terry Ives. Um, and in season one, she escapes the Hawkins Laboratory, which is where she meets up with our protagonists. Um, and she befriends Mike, D Dustin, and Lucas. So Dustin, played by Gaten Matazaro, one of the Will Byers' friends, 
Oh god, I'm not gonna be able to. Sp- I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this. His cleidocranial dysplasia. That's not actually as bad as it as bad as it looks to read. Uh, causes him to lisp. Um, by the second season, though, he has uh, he's proud to have two front teeth. Um, Caleb McLaughlin plays Lucas Sinclair, one of Will's friends. He is wary of Eleven, but later befriends her. Um, and then going into the the older group. We have Natalie Dyer playing Nancy Wheeler, daughter of Karen and Ted, sister of Mike and Holly. She's very law-abiding and studious. One of the cool things they did quite early in the season, and it's been it's been quite a big thing throughout, really, relating to horror, that is, is in horror, you've generally got the final girl in the 80s horror films is, uh, is a virgin, virginial. Um, and in, this is the slasher films, I suppose, more specifically. And the girls who party, who have sex, they're inevitably going to die. Now, at this stage in the in season one, Mike's gone missing. We know that. We don't really know how. We don't exactly know where. We find out, you know, the, the upside down much later on. But um, Nancy takes her friend Barb to a party, convinces her nerd friend Barb, for want of a better term, to go with her to a party um, because she wants to hook up with her boyfriend, Steve Harrington, who... Uh, Steve Harrington's one of the best characters in the show. He's just really funny. Um, he's a bit of a dick through the first half of the first season, but is 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 you know, he kind of proves himself. I mean, I think in each, each of the first three seasons, he has a moment where he just gets the shit kicked out of him, like, properly battered. Um, and it's normally defending or defending someone or trying to stop bad guys getting to to his friends or the kids but nancy goes to this party convinces her friend barb to come along but she then leaves barb to go and have sex and barb pays the price for that she she gets attacked and killed by the demogorgon um charlie heaton plays jonathan byers now i I don't know the ins and outs of this not looked into it but i was kind of I didn't know whether he'd be back for season four because I'm sure that there's been he's had some issues. I don't I don't know the ins and outs of it. Maybe we'll have a look at it in a second. Um, but he uh, Charlie Heaton plays Jonathan Byers, the older brother of Will and the son of Joyce. He's a quiet teenager, an outsider at school, and an, an aspiring photographer. Uh, close friends with mother and brother. Da, 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 da. He later on becomes the boyfriend of Nancy Wheeler. Um, and they're really kind of the main guys. We've got Joe Keery, Steve Harrington. Um, the rest of them kind of come into later seasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, let me know your thoughts on season one of Stranger Things. I mean, we have this mystery disappearance. We have the introduction of Hawkins Laboratory and the experiments going on there, similar to Project Montauk. Um, we then have this really awesome scene where... Joyce is refusing to give up on her son, uh, Will, refusing to accept that he's been taken um, or, is, or is dead. And she notices that lights are flickering in the house. So she actually sets up basically a uh, candlelight, not candlelight, whatever they are, Christmas lights on the wall in like a Ouija board type thing for, for them to communicate. Uh, as the season goes on, I mean, we find about, out more about the powers of Eleven, about the experiments being done, the gateway to the Upside Down, which is where, unfortunately, we get the confirmation that Barb is dead, and eventually the rescue mission of uh, Will and the destruction of the Demogorgon, um, which leads to Eleven supposedly dying. Um, 
Let's check in on the chat because I haven't really paid too much attention. Uh, MOS Network, please answer. When does Volume 2 start? Uh, sorry, Aldo, I'm, I'm a bit late to the party. Um, volume 2 will be 1st of July. Um, it's two episodes, but they are, I think the, one of them's an hour and a half. The other one's like two and a half hours. Um, they're basically bumper. They're basically films. Um, let's check up other bits in the chat. It's definitely overkill. How many hours until Volume 2? Different powers than the others, and do you think she'll come back? Uh, Puff asking about um, eight. So eight in season two. Now we'll move on to season two in a second. Uh, duh, 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 duh. The gruff. I love government conspiracy shows. Thanks to the X Files, hundred percent agree. The X Files is something we will be covering with the gruff um, in a, in a few weeks' uh, time. Uh, Big T says uh, to Poof, yes, that's what she wants Eleven to think. It's all a ruse. Oh, not, you know, not discussion season two here. Um, <laughs> Keith O'Toole, I'm watching this film called Crank with Jason Statham. It's about a guy who has hours to save his and his girlfriend's heart within 24 hours. The scenes are insane. Yeah, I, I have seen Crank and I think Crank 2 and they are mental. Uh, Fran the Cannon, oh, uh, the final two episodes. Oh, yeah, Fran the Cannon. Thank you. You've answered, the, answered that question for me. Baby Ice, poor Barb. Uh, Lizzo, thanks for coming to the stream, Lizzo. Um, Lizzo, the best scene was with Max in season four. Okay, again, we won't be talking season four spoilers, but all I'll say is season four, episode four, I thought was incredible. The whole season was incredible, but I thought episode four was just brilliant. Uh, King of Recomundo, what I don't get about the series is how did the doctors not know that the bodies were not real, but the creature? That's a very good point. That is a very good point. Um, I guess we're talking about the body of Will when he's found by the doctors and pronounced dead. The only thing I could think of is they were officials from the uh, from the Hawkins lab posing as doctors. I guess I would think that if you're gonna if you're gonna pose a body to close an investigation case, um, and if you've got the means to do that, then maybe you've also got the means to put uh, put people in those roles to go. Oh, we're the we're the autopsy people. Um, I'm so bad at remembering names of professions. We're the autopsy people. Yeah, we, we've got it from here. We, we've got the body. Yep, it's... Yeah, he's died. Oh, I'm very unfortunate. Um, that's the only thing I can think of there. Um, Anne's 93, watching Stranger Things 4 now. That's awesome. No spoilers, remember, in chat. We will talk about it. Uh, if you want to... Make sure you subscribe to the channel, Anne's, because I will be doing a spoiler discussion on uh, later this week on Season 4. Uh, what else we got? Um, so Big T. So what's everybody's thoughts on Barb at this point? Do we think Barb is dead once and for all? Because I know that there are still theories that say that she's alive, if that's even possible. Uh, for me, uh, Big T, I feel that, um, she is, she is dead. I think when maybe the final episode or one of the final episodes of season one, when they go into the Upside Down looking for Will, they do see her corpse um, in the Upside Down version of the pool and she's got like a slug thing crawling out of her mouth. Um, and I think we get some more confirmation in a later season. Um, but yeah, I, feel, I you know, she didn't, she didn't get justice, but um, you've got to have casualties in any, any war with supernatural entities. <laughs> Um, what else have we got in the chat? Yeah, um, Vankin Bjorn, thanks, uh, thanks for coming to stream. Barb is dead 100%. Meredith Bryant, I'm excited. I am too. Um, Keith O'Toole, did anyone see Young Rock? Is Young Rock worth watching, Keith O'Toole? I've not seen any of it. Um, and Big T said, yep, really enjoyed the second season. Um, so I think we are pretty much up to date then on the chat. So then, 
that leads us to season two now how much of a gap was there because season one proved to be a huge success for netflix i mean it really has become their flagship show i think before this it might have been something like orange is the new black but stranger things uh was just like a phenomenal success worldwide um and it didn't take long for a second season to come so season two was released worldwide exclusively via netflix on october 27th 2017 it was again uh, executive produced by the Duff Brothers, along with Sean Levi, Dan Cohen, and Ian Patterson. Second season, we had the same sort of main cast. We had a few additions, though. Uh, there was Sean Austin, come to the cast, uh, who people will know from Rudy and, uh, of course, The Lord of the Rings. And Paul Reiser, who, if you're an Aliens nerd like me, um, you'll have got a kick out of seeing Paul Reiser in this. Uh, was he Burke in Aliens? Burke the dickhead. Um, we have. Uh, Brett uh, Brett Gelman, who's just hilarious in anything he's in, uh, Lanaya Bethelseen, uh, Matthew Medine returned, and uh, Pryor Ferguson have uh, recurring roles in it. Again, received highly positive reviews for the story, character development, production values, visual effects, um, acting, particularly that of Harbour, Brown, Schnapp, Keery, and Austin, and a darker tone compared to the previous season. So we ended season one of Stranger Things with a little bit of a hint at what was to come. Will Byer's been saved from the Upside Down. And there's a moment where he's in his bathroom. He takes a step away from the guys uh, to uh, wash his hands. I don't know. Um, he coughs up a black slug. The same sort of slug that we saw kind of going through Barb, Barb's mouth in, uh, in, in the Upside Down. And that's a pivotal, pivotal, <laughs> I can't talk, a uh, pivotal story going into season two. And that is that... There is a gate that is still open. The gate, which is how the Demogorgon got into our world. Um, it's infecting the town of Hawkins like a disease. There's a whole pumpkin patch area with um, gateways and routes through it where you get these Demogorgon almost dog type things. Um, and Will, he may be out of the upside down, but he's not out of the line of sight of this new entity, this new big, big bad, known as the Mind Flayer. Again, it's... Uh, a D and D entity. I don't know if it's a real. I, I don't know all the characters in D and D, or monsters, I should say. But uh, they've used um, an entity from D and D to give name to this dark being, this dark shadowy uh, octopus type. Not octopus. What, what? What am I thinking? Cloverfield type being that has this kind of huge shadow and kind of seems to be running things in the upside down. Um, Winona Ryder's character, Joyce Byers, has a new boyfriend, which is uh, Sean Austin's character, Bob, newbie. Um, and this season is really more about the 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 hold that is still on Will. Um, I guess more into the background of um, Eleven's character. Um, and trying to close this gate which is leading to a huge infection because it's still in the hawkins lab but it's leading to a huge infection throughout hawkins and uh trying to save their town and save the world we get hero moments from um from hopper um we get more involvement from will because obviously he spent the whole season pretty much season one in the upside down um yeah season two i did think was really good it's again i binged it like i did with all the seasons um but for me, there's one episode which killed the momentum for me a little bit. Didn't kill the season at all, because I still loved season two. But in com if we're going to compare apples to oranges, 
if we're going to compare season one to season two, I still prefer season one. Um, I'll just have a quick look at the chat. Uh, Fran Akan, Sean Austin, my mind went to Coonies. Of course, why didn't I mention Coonies? Uh, Ayush, hey, welcome to the welcome to the stream, Ayush. Uh, Carrie, holla. Thank you for coming to the stream, Carrie. You've probably you've probably now twice missed me playing my Stranger Things um, Ministry of Horror intro. So make sure to rewatch the uh, the show when the stream ends because I'm very pleased with it. Carrie's my sister, by the way. If people don't know, um, what else we got? Uh, Keith O'Toole. Are the guys in season two that play Hunter Hearst Hamlin and Steve Austin really professional wrestlers? Oh right, okay, they're talking about Young Rock. Um, Elias. What is your favourite character? Now, that's a good question, Elias. Thank you for coming to the stream. Thanks for dropping by. Um, Carrie's missed the... I played it twice, Carrie, at the very start and just before we started Stranger Things. So, check, just watch the stream when it's finished. Or just the start, because you'll see it, and I'm, I'm pleased with it. Um, Daily Smokes, sup? Thanks for coming to the stream. Um, and, uh, yeah, so what's your favourite character? So, guys, put in the chat who your favourite character is from Stranger Things, from across the whole show. Uh, for me... That is a tough one. Um, season two and especially three, we really started to get the dynamic uh, between Steve Harrington and Dustin. It's a, a pairing that I didn't really see coming, but those two just worked to, uh, together so well. Um, so I guess who'd be my favourite character? I'd probably have to say pick two and say those two. Maybe not necessarily in the story overall, um, but I just always find them so damn entertaining. Like the, the chemistry and uh, the the lines they bounce off each other is really good, really really good. So for me, I'd probably say probably be cheeky and pick those two. Uh, let me know in the chat what you guys uh, think in regards to Eliza's question. Um, Aldo says, "What did you think of Will this season?" Um, so Aldo, if you're talking about season four, um, I'll do a full spoiler chat video um later in the week uh, i don't know it's just a general question but yeah we'll keep we'll keep spoilers out of the live chat um baby i oh, steve harrington fave character lol <laughs> i just find him and uh him and dustin very funny together uh the gruff says favorite character is hopper for me easy yeah hopper's a badass um and his story he's not just none of the characters are one-dimensional really uh his story with what happened with his daughter and how that then leads into him in season two taking in um 11 and playing like a father type role he's always been portrayed as a hard ass who um just really you know kind of almost like a, a dramatic version of like ron swanson from parks and recreation um but you see that you you understand why he is how he is through the the trauma that he's had in his life and um yeah he then takes this fatherly type role for 11 which can't be easy because this is a girl who's also had trauma basically being raised in uh in a scientific study um and also has powers so <laughs> she could just kind of do what she wants really um but yeah i the season as a whole we kind of discussed with how it goes it leads to this you know this this door closing and uh, will He's possessed essentially. He's um he's almost kind of uh, innocuously a um a scout for the mind flare. So they have to get basically get the uh the connection, kind of sweat the demon out of him. The episode for me that did kind of stunt this season for me was where we went 
to see the other people. Well, basically eight. Uh, when Millie Bobby Brown's Eleven um, goes out in search of... I can't remember the exact extent of it, but she ends up meeting another um, of these uh, experimented on kids and joins this kind of punk group where they're looking to get revenge and basically taken out and killing people connected with uh, Matthew Modine's character. Story itself was fine, but I just felt where we had the entire episode focused really on this narrative it stunted for me the um the pacing of what was going on in hawkins um it's that's that's really the only gripe that i have with season two i think having that step away story outside of hawkins fine but intersperse it with what's going on with the other guys excuse me i've drank a few beers tonight so i'm a bit burpy um <laughs> intersperse that with what's going on with the other guys i feel just taking it all away and having one kind of almost side episode if you want um focusing on that which then leads to her going back to to hawkins you know to save her friends yeah i think just i don't know it uh, what, what do you guys think did you uh the gruff says totally took me out of the show so weird um carrie loves murray uh is murray um um uh, brett galman's character yeah brett galman he is awesome um <laughs> He is in uh, in Step Brothers as the new husband of Will Ferrell's ex-wife. I can't remember her name, but he's brilliant. It's just brilliant and everything. Um, let's not forget the awesome Murray Braveheart says everything's a conspiracy. Yeah, you've got to love you've got to love Murray. Um, I really enjoyed the Hopper Redemption arc. Venkenbjorn says, "Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It is one of the highlights, really, of the show, and it's a real staple to the writing because." we've not just got the one focus there's the the main destination of the story being you know the the upside down what's happening in the real world but each of the characters kind of has their own thing going on and uh, their own arcs relationships starting we start seeing in season two we've got the introduction i should say in season two of uh, of max and billy um and billy seems like the new cool kid but is also a bit of a dickhead but we see why that is his dad is a prick um max uh to be honest i will say that i was never i wasn't really a fan of the max character uh in season two the the introduction i don't know i just it kind of seemed a bit shoehorned in um but she is quite pivotal in season three which we'll get to shortly and as mentioned again no spoilers season four sorry podcast listeners if you hear me keep saying uh, no spoilers no one is even putting spoilers in the chat which i really appreciate um but her arc in season four part one brilliant brilliant i thought it was excellent um but yeah so that's my only real gripe with season two was just the step away side episode purely purely focusing on uh the trip to to illinois and meeting uh, callie fine interspersed it into the show but don't take everything away from hawkins for a whole episode it's like an hour away from the main story uh that but the as the show mentions we uh we get to the closing of of the gate and the dance where mike and eleven get together um and lucas and max have a little kiss so we're now starting to see these 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 kids they're growing up they're getting relationships um let's move straight on now to to season three so this came a little bit later 
July 4th, 2019. Uh, again, it's all through Netflix. Um, Duffer Brothers, executive producing, along with Sean Levi, Dan Cohen, and Ian Peterson again. Um, we've got a few additions to the show. We've got Carrie Ewells, Jake Busey, Michael Park, and Francesca uh, Riel appear in recurring roles. Again, it received positive reviews, praising the visuals, humour, performances, particularly that, again, of Harbour, Brown, Montgomery, Hawke, and Keery, and the emotional weight, but some criticised the repetitive narrative and sidelining of certain characters. Um, Paul Barrows, just looking at the chat, is this not the final season? No, Barrow, there will be a fifth season. This is the penultimate season. Um, in the chat, Carrie loves Billy, uh, the gruff. I liked Billy, typical 80s movie bully with a badass car. Uh, you don't mess with Billy. And Venkam Bjorn, he is, uh, not to presume, but they are on the same wavelength as me, season four, episode four, best episode. It was brilliant. Again, we're not doing spoilers, but that last 20 minutes, especially that episode, was was quality TV. Um, so if you haven't watched season four yet, um, just watch it. It's brilliant. Um Big T, would anyone be offended if next season it was more The Sandlot and more of a mellow pace show? They've been through a lot for four seasons. What if it's season five, they finally shut the upside down? I th- I feel that that's where they're going to go. I don't I don't imagine they'll they'll mellow things out. I think uh, with, with the final season, they'll probably go hell for leather. Um, I imagine we may see um, some, some characters may perish with it being a final season i wouldn't bank on it because it's a young cast and that's not really something that happens um but yeah who knows again no, no season four spoilers um so we get to season three now season three as it mentioned here there were some criticisms of it in regards to the repetitive narrative and sideline with certain characters i really enjoyed season three i that's it's the season that i've heard some people kind of drop off um a bit but i mean firstly season three had a moment where they're in the cinema watching day of the dead george a romero's day of the dead which is probably my favorite of the uh the dead films um and it has one of the best opening jump scares um so if you haven't ever seen george a romero's day of the dead watch it watch it now uh carrie loved season three uh yeah i I thought it was excellent we move things to the star court mall we're in 85 now 1985 in hawkins and there's a new mall it's a new focal point 11 she's now kind of being interspersed into a bit of normality she's now you know she's grown her hair out she's now becoming i guess past school um and uh yeah, people are growing up they're now in relationships uh billy is now working as a lifeguard <laughs> hooking up with mums <laughs> so he's really just he's really just living the high life in his world um and uh it almost looks like he is going to be part of a an affair with um with Mike's mum. Um, <laughs> Mike's mum and uh, and dad haven't ever really been shown to be in a properly properly loving relationship. The dad seems fairly aloof. He generally seems to be reading a newspaper all the time. Uh, so maybe she's feeling a bit neglected. So uh, she has a bit of an interaction with Billy at the pool, and they maybe talk about having a private swim lesson mm-hmm so uh <laughs> billy pulling himself a milf there uh but at the last minute they're going for a late night meetup and at the last minute she backs out she has a breaking conscience and she decides i can't do this i'm married i've got kids what am i doing he is heading out to this uh this meetup has car issues i can't remember exactly what happens but he gets dragged by some beast into this abandoned mill huge sort of factory place 
So we're now getting to see more of the Mind Flayer. The uh, the villain that's hinted at in Season 2 quite a bit is now very much in our world and is taking over people and using kind of Billy as a conduit to create this kind of, I guess it's like... Uh, I guess an influence that I could potentially see in this would be Akira. Uh, The creature is basically a mesh of different things, both organic and just mechanical, just anything kind of coming into it. Um, And uh, we get the further developments with uh, the main character's relationships. In regards to the sideline, I don't know so much about that. I mean, talking to jump back to uh, season two, because I'm sure it happened in season two. I may be getting my seasons confused here. Um, Dustin getting his new pet that he called Dart, which I think was the thing that uh, Will puked up into the sink. I did think that was a bit stupid. Um, I could I could get that Dustin's maybe feeling a little bit sidelined. His friends are getting into relationships. Will's back, but especially in season three, Will just wants to really play D and D because he kind of feels he's missed out on a bit. And um, there's allusions potentially to his to his sexuality while his friends are all getting girlfriends and he kind of just wants to get back to how things were but that's not how things are anymore um yeah i think it was season two that uh, dustin has this pet called dart which quite clearly is something from the upside down and quite clearly goes wrong i did think that dustin's not that stupid so i thought that was a little bit off um Baby Ice in the chat says, I enjoyed the mall battle so much. Um, The gruff, Billy likes MILFs. Uh, Akira is amazing. Will we ever see a live-action movie? In my opinion, it would never work. Probably would never work, The Gruff. I think we will see a live-action film at some point, but I don't think it will do the original anime um, justice. Never read the mangas. Uh, They are on my list, but I've never really really read manga, to be honest. um fahan hossein welcome to the stream do you think steve will die in the end of the season um so obviously we're not <laughs> again apologies podcast listeners obviously we're not going into spoiler territory but steve does get a battering in pretty much each season you know let's just talk to one to season one to three he always gets beaten up to some regard um so i think there's a there's a strong possibility of that potentially um again season five will be the final season um i think that's next year that's coming uh, Fran the Can says, I hope they don't touch Akira. They've been trying for years. Yeah, I mean, they made Ghost in the Shell, which was all right, but I still don't think it really... It was a very Americanized version of what... Again, I've not read the, the mangas, but the, the, you know, the anime film. Um, Venka Bjorn says, I think the Duffers like him too much to kill him off. Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy if he stays on, because I think he's very entertaining, but... I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, the action is taken to the Sky Court more. We've got some more conspiracy elements, this time involving the Russians. Uh, it, it appears the Russians are doing something uh, underneath Sky Court Mall. It's almost like it's a front, and I think we find out it is a front, trying to create a gateway or trying to expand this gateway that they've got created, which is allowing the Mind Flayer to exist because that gateway is open he is able to appear and animate in 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 uh the present in the real world 1985 um yeah i mean i thoroughly enjoyed this the the um the introduction who did we get introduced robin maya hawk as robin i thought robin was excellent again the dynamic between robin and uh and steve in the ice cream place was just uh, it was just brilliant 
whenever you introduce new characters to a season, a series, there's always potentially a bit of apprehension. And maybe that's kind of what I had with uh, with Max when she first appeared in, appeared in season two. Um, but she has kind of grown into the character um, portrayed by Sadie Sink. And um, yeah, Maya Hawke as Robin, I thought was just excellent. She's just <laughs> she's just a very cool character. Um, <laughs> Faharan Hussan in the chat says Dustin and Steve. Yeah, they're great. <coughs> when Dustin turns up at the ice cream thing and they're just like friends that haven't seen each other for months is uh, is, is brilliant. Um, the gruff. I love the idea of a huge Russian lab underneath a shopping mall. Yeah, it's just it's again it's playing into that eighty sensibility of uh, the Russians are invading. You know, communism and uh, and, and all that. Um, so what do we think of Robin as a new introduction to the character, a new introduction to the series? Um, King of Huecamundo says, Strange Things reminds me of an old movie called Prince of Darkness. Yes, King of Huecamundo. Prince of Darkness. I've talked about it briefly on the show before. It's such an underrated uh, John Carpenter film. Um, King says, uh, When the devil wanted to cross over to our dimension from his, and it controlled people as well. That is a really good shout. I hadn't really thought. We've mentioned Stephen King and uh, John Carpenter as in- huge influences on Stranger Things, but that is a really good take, actually, especially for season three of uh, of Prince of Darkness. Fans of eighties horror, horror in general, John Carpenter. If you haven't watched Prince of Darkness before, it's it is really good. It's uh, the the concept. Um, and I, I think the film's great. The whole the mirror type thing, an anti-god instead of just calling it Lucifer. Messages from the future, just being really creepy. I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, that's really uh, that's really kind of caught me off guard. That's such a good uh, thing. And Van, uh, Bjorn says, Robin, be like Dingus. Uh, Dingus, your children are here. Yeah, just the interactions between them are, uh, are excellent. Yeah. Um, We've then also got these uh, Russian heavies basically chasing after Hopper and uh, and Joyce while they're following up on the conspiracy. I do probably need to rewatch season two and three of Stranger Things because I I binged I binged all of them at the time each time each one got released. Stranger Things one I have gone back to a couple of times, um, but again I thoroughly enjoyed uh, season three. Um, I can't think. Am I missing anything in regards to the plot? I mean, let's have a look at the premise quickly just in case I'm missing anything. In the summer of 85 in Hawkins, the newly opened Starcourt Mall has been the focal point of the town, driving other stores out of business. Kind of what malls do, very unfortunate. Um, you know, support your local businesses. Um, Hawkins Chief of Police Jim Hopper disapproves of Eleven and Mike's budding relationship, while Joyce considered, uh, considers moving out of Hawkins for a better life for her children and herself, leaving the state of the children's friendships and her own relationship with Hopper in the air. Joyce notices something strange going on with her magnets and decides to investigate. However, strange power fluctuations trigger Will's awareness of something otherworldly, and Eleven and Max sense something is off about the town's residents. Despite having closed the portal to the Upside Down, they fear that they are still in danger from it. The friends work together to help Max's brother Billy, while Hopper and Joyce have their own adventure. So yeah, Billy is basically the Mind Flayer's henchman here. Uh, It's a really good performance. Um, He played the the badass dickhead in season two um who you know he's got a kind of a, a crappy life at home but he's just a, he's a bit of an arrogant dickhead batters um um joe leary's uh joe leary steve harrington and in this season he's kind of calming down a bit but he's been taken over and used as a puppet for the mind uh the mind flare and there's some really quite creepy moments as he is basically 
creating an army for the Mind Flayer, and this army kind of do the whole Akira moment of melding into this physical being for this huge monster. Things are really ramped up a notch in, in that regard. I mean, all of Strange Things has felt quite high budget, high production, I should say. And the Mind Flayer monster is taking things to a whole new level, um, which leads us then to um, to this, this face-off at the mall where we see the Mind Flayer, the guys are all coming together. Another really underrated character that I've not mentioned uh, yet is um, is Lucas's sister. I can't remember what her name is. I've no idea who plays her. Um, it's not Susie, is it? I don't know. Uh, Erica? That's it. Prior Ferguson, Erica Sinclair. I mean, she's just... She's just so funny in the show, and she helps them out uh, in their battle. This does have the moment which I kind of rolled my eyes at a bit because I hate musical sort of interludes and in shows, but uh, Dustin has his almost imaginary girlfriend he met at science camp, but she comes out. That's that's Susie, isn't it? She comes out to help them out uh, <coughs> near the end, and they have the whole never-ending story sing-along, which anytime there's a bit of a musical-type moment in the show, I do roll my eyes, but... Um, yeah, we had the battle at the Starcourt Mall, which was just incredible, and it led to the redemption of Billy, who's been the almost frontal antagonist of Season 3. Um, Eleven uses her powers, or what remains of her powers, because after getting attacked by the Mind Flayer and almost infected in the leg with like a part of Mind Flayer, she, she loses her powers. But she's able to help Billy um, come back because it's kind of in like a almost like a dream world at this beach where he's got some happy memories but some not so happy memories um he's able to come back from that and he sacrifices himself in a very iconic dramatic scene um to stop the mind flare or to delay the mind flare from getting to the kids because ultimately the mind flare wants to kill 11 because 11 is the only one who has the power to close the gate and stop the mind flare's powers um, but in sacrificing himself, we also find that uh, Hopper and Joyce are trying to close, and um, and Murray are trying to close the gateway that the Russians have open. And the only way to do it is like a kind of like a part particle accelerator uh, causes this explosion, which seemingly kills Hopper. Very dramatic. Um, season three ended in a way where you kind of almost thought, could this be it? Um, because Joyce and the kids, along with Eleven, move away, move out to California, I believe. So the group split up, um, kind of straight down the middle, really. Um, but at the very end, I think it might have been an after-credits little Easter egg, we saw what looked like a Russian gulag um, prison where someone is being essentially fed to a Demogorgon. Again, I'm pretty sure it's Demogorgon. Tell me if I'm wrong in chat. And a, a bit of dialogue is translated, which says, not the Russian, or leave the Russian. Not the Russian, what am I talking about? Leave the American. So we have that hint that Hopper is still somehow alive. Now, this won't be, uh, this won't be a, a spoiler, because they released it in the trailers, but uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen the trailers, spoiler alert, turn your volume off for five seconds, Hopper is alive in season four, that is in the initial trailers, in Russia. And that leads us now to where we are at. It's uh, two years later, almost three years later, season four has finally come to Netflix. Uh, so this little section, we're not doing spoilers, as I've mentioned. 
50,000 times throughout the show. Uh, I'll quickly check up on the chat because I've, uh, I've not looked so far. Uh, but, 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 uh, Big T, I'm shocked that we haven't got at least one episode of Stranger Things in all the seasons involving 80s pro wrestling. Not a cameo by Hogan or any wrestling, really. That's a very good point. Um, I guess we've never really seen that being an influence on, on any of the characters. Um... You could see that there'd probably be some um some crossover with the with the D and D guys maybe, uh. But yeah, I mean, big thing in pop culture. You'd expect maybe a TV to be showing Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan maybe, or just something being heard in the background. Uh, Baby Ice Alice Cooper is a uh, as a homeless disciple in Prince of Darkness. Excellent. Uh, Ricky M. Best season so far. Uh, is that in regards to the current one or any particular season, Ricky M? Uh, let me know in the chat. For me, my best season is still season one. Um, I just think it's just that the entire thing is incredible, but that's not any sort of downmark on, on the rest of them. I'd probably say for me, for the first three, it would be season one, three, and two, um, but all still a very high bar. Uh, let's look at what else is going on in the chat. Fran the Cannon. Yes, that film uh, means I could never take the young adult films in that style like Hunger Games seriously. Um, duh, 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 duh. Talk about the magnets. Everyone telling me about Erica because I couldn't remember her name. Third season was good, but this one is on another level. Okay, Ricky, I'm talking about season four. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Th okay, well, I'll, I'll finish up looking at the chat and then I'll... Uh, okay, I think we've been spam attacked. Thank you, Bericles, for uh, dealing with that. Um, uh, Venk, um, Venk and Bjorn confirmed. Yeah, it's the Demogorgon. I just I wouldn't didn't know if I was just butchering the uh, the name of that. Um, Stitch twenty four. Ha 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 ha. Uh, Baby, I never ended on sing long was great. Uh, not finished season four, but I'm not scared to admit I love season three the most. No shame in that, mate. No shame. I think season three is great. Uh, Ricky M, no, this isn't the last season. There will be a season five, but part two of season four is the first of July. It's the final two episodes of season four. Um, da -da -da. Trip Tripsy is Will Gay. Uh, it's not. They've they've. It's not been confirmed even in season four. I guess you have a little bit of an illusion potentially because the guys are coupling up. He hasn't shown an interest in a girl, but I don't necessarily say that means that he's gay because maybe he's just hasn't got to that stage yet. Um, season four, again, I won't talk about season four. There's no confirmation of that, that in, in season four, but I guess you could say maybe it's alluded to a little bit more. Um, Ricky M, the rumours about the fifth, but I think that this there are rumours about the fifth, but I think that this is the end. No, fifth is confirmed. We will be getting a fifth season. Um... Uh, that I think will be next year, but uh, Hop uh, Fran the Cannon is this where Hopper becomes the Red Guardian? Guardian Marvel Stranger Things crossover? Please no. I mean I do like Marvel, but I don't like shared universes at all. <laughs> Just when it gets too much, Marvel I think it works because you know it's all based on comics that are all interconnected for like fifty years. Um, uh, baby Ice, my mind is blown. You prefer Day of the Dead over Dawn. Lol, Dawn 78, baby. Dawn of the Dead was in my top five. I think number three of my on my zombie episode um, quite early on. Uh, but no, uh, Day of the Dead, I just, I, I don't know. I think the zom I think what brings down Dawn of the Dead for me just slightly is the zombie effects. Like the makeup is just basically grey and blue paint makeup. Um, Day of the Dead just was another level for just the gore. 
it was the goriest at, at that stage. Um, and I just really like the nihilistic approach where it's just like it's kind of futile um, and the humans are almost becoming the enemy because um, they're losing their minds as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Going off on a tangent about the zombie films, but that's what this show's all about. It's all about discussion. Um, Ricky M. Oh, I didn't read about the fifth. It's difficult to go on with the true franchise now that maybe we'll have a conclusion about all the lab stuff. Yeah, hopefully we kind of get a bit of a conclusion to that. There's... Um, I'll just say there's a return in season four that I would like to know how that was possible and i'll just leave it at that i'll leave that very brief uh but let's talk about the synopsis the uh the brief synopsis that was announced back in february of 2020 released by netflix written by the duff brothers to coincide with the release of the first teaser trailer um they're excited to officially announce that the production for stranger things 4 is now underway and even more excited to announce the return of hopper although it's not all good news for our american hopper is imprisoned far from home in the snowy wasteland of kamchatka russia where he will face dangers both human and other meanwhile back in the states a new horror is beginning to surface something long buried something that connects everything february 17th 2022 netflix released a newer plot description for the season that expanded on the previous synopsis it's been six months since the battle of Starcourt, which brought terror and destruction to hawkins struggling with the aftermath our group of friends are separated for the first time and navigating the complexities of high school hasn't made things any easier in this most vulnerable time a new and horrifying supernatural threat surfaces presenting a gruesome mystery that if solved might finally put an end to the horrors of the upside down so that's really all we can really kind of go into at this stage with uh with season four like i've said a million times i wanted to just touch on it but with this the because you know strange things is a big big deal at the moment back in the news with a new season but I never want to spoil things too close to the time. Um, I will be doing either tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, it won't be a live stream, but I'll be doing a video, just a spoiler-filled season four part one video, talking through what happens and my thoughts on it, what I liked best, if there's anything that I didn't like. Sp spoiler now, I didn't. there's not really anything that I didn't like. I, I loved season four. Um, and this being a horror show, all I'll say is they do ramp up the horror it's it's it is it's one of the darkest seasons i think it is potentially the darkest season yet um now what shouldn't be a surprise we have a few additions to the cast there's a character called eddie munson played by joseph quinn excellent there's a character called argyle played by eduardo franco excellent um we've uh we've also got um now i th thought okay i thought the voice was being done but no so okay well okay i won't go too much into spoiler territory because that is kind of being given away a bit here but we do have mr fred freddy krueger himself in a special role robert england plays a character called victor creel um he hits it out of the park when when it gets to his moment in the show um it's not, you know, it's not heavily featured throughout each of the episodes, but Robert Englund showing why it's a shame that he's not featured in, in more things more often. Uh, not necessarily as Freddy Krueger, I think is, you know, we've beaten that horse a bit. Um, he's, he's finished that role, he's finished that role. He featured in an episode of the Goldbergs as Freddy Krueger a couple of years ago, and that was entertaining, but uh, 
Robert England is is excellent in his role as Victor Creel. Um, all I'll really say is, if you haven't watched Stranger Things season four yet, I implore you to start it. Uh, we will be doing the spoiler chat, uh, spoiler episode tomorrow, Wednesday tomorrow Thursday, I should say, at the time of uh, you know speaking, thirty first of uh, of May, twenty twenty two. But I will hit up the socials to let you know when that's out. If you haven't already, please go to Twitter and follow at Ministry underscore Horror. Uh, that's where I will post little tidbits here and there. I haven't been too great recently at posting things other than, you know, when the show's going live. But I will I will get back on that. Um, also on Facebook, at Ministry of Horror. Check out the podcast feeds. Uh, we're on the MOS network, and there is also the, the Ministry of Horror. Um, but you'll probably find it as MOH, Ministry of Horror. But either way, subscribe to the MOS network. You'll get the... Uh, latest episodes of ministry of horror on podcast it really really helps if you listen give it a five star uh you also get each week the uh, ministry of slam podcast goes out um every the sunday show is when it's live podcast feeds the following day bi-weekly Bericles does the turner years podcast which looks at uh the transition from um jim crockett promotions into wcw really interesting listen with his co-host dave um and yeah this will be out on the podcast feed so really appreciate if you could uh give it a like um i'm really pleased with the numbers we've been having for the show and uh, everyone chatting um in 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 the chat again please hit that subscribe button on youtube um i think the discord yeah the discord link is in the chat so give that a like it's a really cool community where we can all talk things horror on the ministry of horror channel the wrestling all that good stuff just general community chit chat it's a really cool uh really cool group um the gruff saying have we watched uh obi-wan i haven't i haven't yet i'm not a massive star wars fan to be honest i don't dislike star wars but um uh yeah i'll just uh, you know i think the first three films are good as in parts four five six uh but i've never just never really been never really been that big fan um but if obi-wan is good let me know i did quite enjoy the game that came out a couple of years back the almost dark soulsy game i thought that was quite fun um i don't know if there's any connection with that <laughs> um but yeah just drop that in the chat everyone uh do that do that now in regards to upcoming shows so next week i am hoping I'm hoping to do a show talking about found footage films. Originally, I wanted to kind of work this around a review of Shudder's recent release, uh, I think on May 19th, called The Found Footage Phenomenon, a documentary about found footage horror. It doesn't seem to be out in the UK, though, and Shudder don't seem to be commenting. I mean, I, I haven't really messaged them or anything, but looking online, a lot of people have been saying, why isn't this out in the UK yet? No word on it, no response. So I don't know what the issue is there. But I don't necessarily need to watch that documentary to talk found footage. Um, it is a subgenre of horror that, if done well, is excellent. But I guess like a lot of subgenres of horror, there's a lot of crap out there. Um, so I'll be talking probably about handpicking a few of my favourites. Um, I don't know off the top of my head which ones they are now. So just check out the show and we'll get into that. Then the following week, um, I'll confirm the date, so this is kind of TBA, but the following week, I'll be having uh, MOS alumni, Necro Eric, all the way from Canada land, 
on to talk about the Hellraiser franchise. Like I say, I've got a few through the post. I don't see it because of the light. But I've got a few of the sequels through the post that I haven't seen. I have also got part one to three Blu-ray box set coming that I got on... on uh, I got a new copy for 20 quid on eBay, which I'm quite pleased about. Um, Baby Ice Wreck is excellent. VHS is excellent. Grave Encounters, Fran the Cannon Blair, which basically, guys, you, you've probably picked the ones that I am going to be discussing because Wreck is brilliant. VHS 1 specifically is excellent. Two's decent, and the 94 is actually pretty good. Um, and Grave Encounters, I watched on a whim. I didn't know anything about it, and uh, brilliant. I've still not seen the second one, but maybe I'll watch that before next week. And anyway, The Hellraiser. Now, Necro Eric loves the Hellraiser films. I like the first one and love the second one, and I've seen the third one. And I've recently watched Judgment, which was, which was actually all right, but um, there's like 10 films. There's like ten of them, so this might be a five-hour. That, that week might be a five-hour live stream. I'll be good for numbers, but <laughs> I'll be very tired for work. Um, and then in a few weeks' time, we're going to iron out the dates, um, the date for it. But uh, in the chat and uh, MOS alumni, the Gruff, we're going to be looking at and uh, I guess ranking or rating. Um, we'll 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 confirm it. Uh, but looking at each season and the films of the x-files um there's a lot to go through so we're really going to kind of talk about our high points low points of the seasons we might do it as a tier list um but come along tell us your, your favorite episodes in the chat if you like the films if you like the more recent revival a little bit patchy that's all right um but that's all to come so i don't think um i don't think i've missed anything if i have i'm you know hit me up on twitter um i do also occasionally stream games on the mos network every saturday for the last few weeks i've been looking at wwe 2k my rise uh ministry of horror specific i do occasionally try and do horror games we're looking at organizing a the evil dead game live stream that's potentially coming this week that will be on the mos network uh channel on youtube um but if you happen to like twitch i do occasionally stream on my own channel very intermittently doing uh horror games or narrative based games and occasionally horror watch alongs so if you have prime and if you want to watch horror films with me and eat food drink beer hit the vape talk crap for a few hours um yeah hit up uh twitch.tv forward slash tezius t-e-z-z-i-u-s i think that's it i think i've talked quite long enough um thank you so much everyone that's watched hit up the chat if you're listening on podcast streams thank you very much as well that is it for tonight um now before i just finish do we want do we want the normal mos little logo to end the stream to end things or do we want the stranger things ministry of horror ident to round out the show it would be the third time it's played but let me know in the next uh the next 30 seconds in the chat if you want uh if you want to see that one more time uh great show tez the graph says thank you very much uh king says i'm just going to call you king now um um i remember when scully was the hottest female on tv in the late 90s King, if you've ever, if you've not seen the Hannibal series, which is obviously more recent, so she's a bit more mature now. She is again smoking hot in that. Um, she is again smoking hot in Hannibal. Um, do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if my sister, who I don't know if she's still in the chat, but it wouldn't surprise me if she again misses the Stranger Things intro uh, again. Um, uh, 
what have we got in the chat here fran the can of baby ice there's already been an evil dead episode uh let's review evil deads 2 uh, my fave still is the very first outing i love the remake baby ice yes as fran the can says uh, about two weeks back i think i look at the evil dead franchise and also talk about the new evil dead rise coming up so um yeah baby ice be sure to check it be sure to check it out um Keith O'Toole, great show, Tez. Where is your friend? Uh, do you mean uh, Lawrence, as in from the Ministry of um, Slam? Uh, that could be. Or, or if you watched my stream, you might have seen my dog. Um, that's also my friend. Um, are you a fan of the Incredible Hulk? Uh, not really. In terms of Marvel characters, I guess I like... I grew up the X-Men animated series and Spider-Man animated series. So they're always going to be the top for me. Like Wolverine, Besser X, Cyclops, Spider-Man, um, Gambit in the cartoon series. Basically, the cartoon series were really my start of my kind of Marvel fandom to a degree. Um, but Incredible Hulk doesn't really do it for me, to be honest. Um, oh, the gruff says Bailey. Um, I don't know if I can get him to show on screen. Do we want to see the dog of horror? I can try. This might be difficult to get him to appear on screen. Bailey, want to jump up? Jump up. Um, don't know if you can see him. It's a bit low down. I might. No. Can I get you up, camera. No, he's being shy. If you if you watch my uh, my gaming streams, which are in my living room, you might you might see the dog of horror, Bailey, who's the sweetest boy. He's a good boy. Uh, the Gruff, any arguments tonight? No, it's been quiet. The, but The Gruff, the police did come around this morning. Not looking for a, a speci a, official statements, but generally just to ask, uh, did I hear what was going on last night? Um, yeah, it's all drama. It's all drama. Um, thank you very much, um, Hashem Zon. Can't wait for Volume 2. Me neither. Very hyped July 1st to see the final two bumper-length episodes. Uh, do you mean Bailey's in the WWE Superstar? No, I have a dog, uh, a Cocker Spaniel. Um, I, I don't live with the WWE Superstar Bailey, Keith O'Toole. Um, King says, uh, what I don't get is why in the Sandler movies they would say O'Doyle rules. Uh, which Sandler movies? As in Adam Sandler. Not too sure. Not too sure. Anyway, I'm gonna I've got to get the audio for this to get it up on podcast feeds. But it sounds like we want to see the Stranger Things intro one last time. So thank you again. Be sure to subscribe and uh, see you either on the gaming streams this week or on Ministry of Slam or Sunday or next week. Good evening. <laughs>